Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. For several years now, I've been helping schools implement trauma-informed strategies in their schools. Now, as students are starting to come back to school, the need for this is greater than ever. Here's the thing. I'm not a social worker, and I don't pretend to be. So my training really focuses on practical strategies that you can implement in your school without making your teachers feel like they have to be social workers also. I help schools implement trauma-informed strategies so that fewer discipline referrals fewer dysregulated students, and a calmer, more focused atmosphere. And the best thing is, this training aligns perfectly with ESSER funding, so you don't have to take it out of your school budget. My clients report that they have better sense of how to help their students without adding another thing to their plate. Go to jethrojones.com trauma to read more about it, and let's schedule a chat. That's jethrojones.com trauma. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have on the program today, Gina Rodriguez-Nunez. She was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. She's a proud graduate of the University of Texas, El Paso. She received her Bachelor's of Interdisciplinary Studies, Bachelor's of Liberal Arts, and Master's of Education from there as well. She was an assistant principal for seven years and was named as the principal of Tippin Elementary in 2009 and has served in this community for 12 years now. She was raised by two hardworking parents who immigrated to the U.S. after they were married. Her mother was a stay-at-home mom, and her father worked at a, a bread-making factory. Did I say that right? Bread? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and when she entered school, okay. she only only spoke Spanish, so she is a product of the bilingual program in El Paso Independent School District. She was a bilingual teacher and is now a supporter of the dual-language program in El Paso. She is married with three amazing children, and while she's not being a principal, she loves spending time with her children, traveling, and reading. And you were referred to me by Brittany Schroeder, who is a uh, a good friend of mine and of yours, and uh, just someone who I really admire, so I appreciate her recommending you. And that's one of my favorite ways to have people on the podcast is when they are referred by someone else, because she saw all the great things you were doing. And today we're going to, well, first welcome. I should say that first, Gina. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. (laughs) Happy to have you here. Um, We're going to talk about some pretty sensitive stuff today and we're going to try to do it respectfully. Um, But we also think it's important for people to know that if you're a principal in a school, you're going to deal with some things that they don't talk about in your preparation programs. And that's one of the one of the good things about doing this podcast is I can talk to people about the real issues that they're facing. And so being in El Paso, um, you're right on the border, and we're not going to talk a lot about the situation at the border currently, though that is a overtone as well that um, that exists. There was a Walmart shooting in El Paso a few years ago um, right. that while you were the principal, and also you've had a parent pass away on school grounds. And right. um, those who have listened to the interview with Brittany Schroeder know that her son passed away also while he was a student at a school. And we talked about how to how to manage that. And so this is, is going to be probably a heavy conversation, but I want to, I think it's important to talk about because you've 
according to Brittany, been able to handle the challenges that you faced in a really powerful way that has kept the community together and kept them feeling supported through these tragedies. So, you know, I dealing with all this kind of tragedy, what are the things that you take away as, as the leader of a school of, of your role in dealing with these kinds of tragedies? You know, um, well, thank you for having me on. And with Brittany mentioning Brittany, I think I, you know, that situation with Brittany, Brittany's son was one of my students. Um, and I, and I've always, you know, shared this with Brittany in the past is that, you know, when her son was at my school, I used to tell him, you know, you better remember me because you're going to be the, the president of the United States someday. <laughs> Cause that's how that, that he was so charismatic. And I just, I just adored her son and her, her situation actually taught me a lot as an administrator in that when he passed away, he was no longer at my school. I did have his sister still at my school. His brother had uh, gone to middle school. And so he was currently a high schooler and um, at school with my daughter, actually. But when, when dealing with that situation, it still touched my heart and it still touched my community as well, because it affected a lot of my parents still. And, and I think in going through that situation with the Schroeder family, it was simply just being present for them. And how do you need me? And learning to respect the boundaries and learning to or listening and hearing them. How much do you, do they want you to be involved? How much do they not want you to be involved? And just putting myself out there to the family and saying, you know, what can I do for you? What, what can my school do for you? What do you want us to do? I think that's super important. And, and I think that in, when I was a fresh new principal and, and barely starting the, in the realms of principal life, you shy away from situations like that. And you, you don't know, like, how much should I step in? How much should I not? And I think going back and there was probably situations in my early years on as principal that I could have handled a lot better. But I know that with the Schroeder family, I was, I, I've learned a lot in that it was so important to let them know that the community was there for them and, and, and would uh, comfort them when they needed comforting, would support them when they needed support. Um, if they needed a room to use to meet with somebody else, whatever it was, if they needed information to go out to community, we were here to support them. And that's always really important, I think, because I think, you know, the word gets out and people know, okay, this, this you're building a community, even, you know, it doesn't happen just in good times. It happens also in, in tragic and sad times. And I think that was really important. And I think just along the way in these situations, what I've learned is that foremost, you just have to listen to what people are saying. And then at the end of the day, you have to listen to your own heart and your own feelings because you show up in the morning and you're there for your staff and your students and your parents and your comforting them as a principal. And you're not only the emotional support, but you're also the managerial component of, of getting things done, schedules out or food trains or whatever, you know, food meal trains or things like that. But you're also going through that scenario. And so I think that at first going through some of these tragedies at our school, I, I did not do that. And I just repressed a lot of the feelings until they finally end up coming out, right? Eventually they do. Yeah, they sure do. So one of the things that I want to talk about, you mentioned being there for the family and, and providing support to them. One of the things I've heard many principals say is, I don't want to intrude and I don't want to impose. I'm just the principal. What's your advice to people who are feeling that? I think it's it's so important to simply pick up the phone and call and put yourself out there. 
and say, this is Ms. Rodriguez Nunez, principal at Tiffin. I am so sorry for what your family's going through at this time. I am here for you. Please know that whatever you need us to do or however we can support you, we are here for you. If they return the call, great. Then by all means, move forward. But if they don't, then that's okay. At least you tried and you put your your foot out there. And, And I have had situations like that where you know, you did mention where we did have a passing in our family. And I did reach out to a specific family member who I just wanted to let them know I'm here for you all. Um, did not answer my phone call, uh, did not return my phone call. And that's okay. But at least I know that I tried and I, and I extended that olive branch knowing that we're not mad. We're not upset. We're not here to judge. That's not my place, but we're here to support your children. We're here to support you as a family and whatever we can do. And so I think it, but I do agree that you do the, your initial reaction as a principal is you don't want to intrude, especially when it's tragedy, because they're going, if you put yourself in their shoes, you know, that they're going through their sorrows. And the last person they want to hear from is the principal. Um, Like, who are we right to be involved in their sorrow? But I do think in talking to Brittany, I know that was something that I think she appreciated knowing that so much of the community did come forward to just tell her we're here for you and, and share the great stuff about their kid or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, I think that's really important also. So about five years ago, my dad passed away and I got a couple of phone calls from people that I wasn't really that close to, but that they, them reaching out just meant the world to me. And there was nothing they could do. There was nothing they, you know, we weren't that close in that, you know, they could, they, I could cry on their shoulder or anything. And that wasn't what I needed though. What I needed was to know basically that that person who I lost in my life actually mattered to me and that they could appreciate that support me in that if they could. And, and that meant a loss. So I've made the effort to, when I hear that somebody has passed away, that I call whoever that person is, if I have their phone number and, you know, leave them a voicemail like that and say, like you said, I'm here for you. If you need anything, I get that there's probably not, but I just know that it's hard to lose someone. And I want to reach out and say something. And we had a situation where, where some, a parent of a student passed away And in talking with my counselor, she said, well, I'm just not comfortable calling because, you know, I don't know the family that well. And I know the student, but who am I? You know, I'm just the counselor. And I said, look, it doesn't matter any of that. You know that this person died. That family needs to hear from you, whether they'll admit it, whether they'll respond to it, whether they'll acknowledge it doesn't matter they need to know that somebody out there cares. And, and so she did. And then, and then it turned out that we could actually do something to help them. And it was really great. And we went and visited with them in their home and and talked to them about the challenges they were facing. And it was a really positive experience. And she was really nervous about reaching out, but she did it anyway. And it turned out to be positive. Yeah. And I think as a principal, you need to treat every situation as if they were your family member or your really good friend. Well, how would you react to this situation if it was a family member or if it was a girlfriend's family member or whatever it may be? I think that that's how we need to lead because I think that it puts that heart component into leadership and it brings that 
caring component that sometimes we're looked at just managerial or just curriculum or grades. And that's really not the heart of a school. The heart of the school is the children, the students, the the community component of it. And when you start putting all those blocks together and really take care of that, then the grades and the learning just really falls into place more easily. Yeah. So I had a great superintendent one time who I just started working for him like four months before, and he didn't really know me that well, or at least I didn't think so, but he made the effort to become a Facebook friend to my wife, saw that she had a baby and then reached out and congratulated her. And that was a positive thing. So it wasn't a negative thing, but Every time there was anything critical about that superintendent in the newspaper or the press or whatever, for ever since then, my wife has said, how dare they? This guy is amazing. He's awesome because I know he cares about me as an individual, as the spouse of an employee. And for him to make that little tiny effort to say, congratulations on your baby. I mean, that was huge. And that, that won her, that won him a fan for the rest of his life. And I mean, he was amazing anyway, but I mean, it was just such a touching thing to do that seemed like it, you know, took him half a second and didn't mean anything at all to him. I'm sure. And I'm sure he forgot that he ever did this, Right. but my wife sure hasn't forgotten. And she right. remembers to this day. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says Stop Talking and Start Doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. And it, it definitely is those, those human component, those, those kind components that make a difference. I, I clearly remember when we had the accident at my school and um, we had a parent pass away here at, at, at the parking lot. Um, one of the first persons to come to the site was our board member, one of the board president at the, at the time, who happened to be the board representative of my area. And I clearly, he came. And of, I was, I was holding it in. I wasn't crying. I knew I had to just kind of suck it in and just kind of could still, still lead, still, you know, navigate traffic, still direct people to where they needed to be. So I was just, just, just kind of swallowing my, my emotions. And he comes up to me and he stands next to me and he just puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, you're, you're just going to hold up right now. You're just going to stand up here and you're going to, you're, you're going to carry on and just, he didn't have to say much. He just, I knew that somebody was there to support me and they had my back. And then the next person that showed up at the time was, um, at that time he was, he was leading our, our human resources department. And by this time, when he showed up, the 
ambulance had left. Most of our families had already left because this happened right at dismissal. So you could just imagine what, what the scene looked like. So people had already started leaving. A lot of the staff was still hanging out. They had, they had isolated them in the library area, I believe. And I clearly remember him walking up to me and putting his arm around me and just very gently nudging me and pushing me towards the building. Like, it's time for you to leave the scene. And and I just kind of looked at him and he's this very tall man. So I just was like, okay, we're doing what you're telling. He's one of my bosses. So I'm going to do what he tells me to do. Wasn't saying anything. He was just nudging me towards the building, inside the building. He brought me into my office and I, somehow he managed to find one of my, the counselor. And I came in and that's when it all, you know, my emotions finally released, but he knew, he knew that he, my time was up up there. I, I, I wasn't going to be able to bottle it up anymore. And I'll never forget, you know, he, 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 I'm his number one fan after that. Let me tell you, because he knew what I needed as a leader, but he also knew what he needed as his employee, what he needed to do to support me and help me. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that piece of, he, I'm his number one fan after that, let me tell you, because he knew what I needed as a leader, but he also knew what he needed as his employee, what he needed to do to support me and help me. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that piece of, we don't know as normal everyday principles, how to comfort or support someone who's been through a tragedy like that. And we don't know how to support ourselves. What are some things that we should do to take care of ourselves first and make sure that we are getting the support that we need? in a trials like that? I think talking to other principals, I I think that after my experience, I I remember one principal reached out to me and and sent me a a prayer medal and he was, it it was a rosary medal, you know, and we, we shared the same religion. So he brought it. He didn't ask to talk to me. He just put it on the counter, left a, a, a little note, hope this helps on the counter, didn't ask me to share in in the conversation or per se, just left that. And so he knew that that's what I needed. And to this day, it's sitting in my drawer right here in my desk. And sometimes I just pull it out and start praying it as much with fervor. And, uh, but I think connecting with people and reaching out to them in, in a ways, you know, especially if you've built a relationship and now listening, I, I, we then, I would be say two years later, we had another incident in our, in our district where a, a child was hit by a, a car in a neighboring school. And my immediate reaction was I dropped everything. As soon as I got the text, I dropped everything and rushed over to him. And I said, you tell me what you need me to do. I am, I will step in as the principal for the day. You need me to do cafeteria duty. I will do, you need me to do what hall duty, whatever you need me to do. I'm here. You take care of what you need to take care of. Cause you have grieving parents. You have police you're dealing with. You have ambulances you're dealing with. You go take care of that. I will handle office. You, you know, and I think that's important as principals to, to step out and help those other principals. And when you're going through it as a principal, I think it's important for you to accept that help, to be willing to say, I can't handle everything. I do need help reaching if central office reaches out and says, how can we help you ask for the help and accept it and say, yes, I'm drowning right now. I need the help. And definitely reaching out to your core team, whether it be your AP, your counselor, your instructional leaders, and just talking that talking component, I think is so important because then you realize yeah, you're the principal and you it's a standalone role in the school. Nobody else is a principal with you. However, 
they're leaders in the school too. And they're going through their own sadness or turmoil and um, conflict. And it's important to sit there to converse and talk and just let out those feelings that you don't want to bottle up because then it's, it's not going to be a good thing. Definitely. Yeah, in a situation that I went through, something tragic happened at our school. And rather than having that support, nobody called me, nobody texted me and said, Hey, are you doing all right? With the exception of two other principals who just, they, they meant the world to me because they, they said, Hey, that stinks. We're here for you. If you need anything, and there's nothing for them to do, but the fact that they were reaching out and again, with, without that support, it was really hard and super lonely. And, and our jobs are lonely enough already. Exactly. I do remember after the accident, so it happened on the first day of school, they then the central office cabinet per se. So it's all your, your top people, superintendents and, and directors and stuff. I guess they met weekly or whatever amount of time they met so that they were having a meeting. And I'll, and in some ways, I think some principals were like, really, they go and they bother you at your school when you're going through everything you're going through. They all had their meeting here at my school. They asked if they could have the community room and have their meeting. And, and the reason they had it here is because we did have a community meeting that day to try to share with the community what were some of the things we're going to do. Just give us ideas. How can we improve traffic flow? How can we improve all of the components that not necessarily cause the accident, but we need to learn from an incident and how can we think make things better? And so it was a kind of a feedback scenario and, and sharing. We were sharing with the community and the community was giving us some feedback. So central office staff was here to support me through that, but they ended up having their big meeting here. To me, it felt like I, I was never alone in the process. And, and I think that if for us principals who a lot of us end up going to the central office after or for promotions or so on, I think that's so key and so important for us to remember that we need to be reaching out to principals and we need to be supporting them. Like you said, an email, a call. It's so important just to know that you have that support from that, from those people. It meant the world to me. It meant so much. It from the simple request of me saying, can you please come and draw crosswalk lines? And the action happened and it they did it. It was, I was listened to, I was heard. And to an email being being received by a director of maintenance. And, sh- and just letting me know we're here for you. We're so sorry this happened. And that means the world to a principal, I, th- I, I think. Yeah, for sure. And that's where there, there are ways to get things done. And a tragedy has a way of sparking people into action, especially if it's something related to that. But when we see people that are grieving or going through a challenge like that, we're all more willing to step up and make things happen. And, and I remember in my situation, one of the things that I experienced was having to beg the superintendent or assistant superintendent to come out to my school and that they were just going to let me write it out and thought that whatever else they were dealing with was more important. And sure to them, it may have been, but to me, it didn't feel that way. And, and I felt very hurt when they, when they wouldn't come and wouldn't come. And then I said, look, I really need somebody else here. I need somebody to put their hand on my shoulder. I need somebody to to put their arm around me and say, you're not alone. And that feeling of loneliness was incredibly challenging 
to yeah, deal I with. Yeah. I think this is instructive for people to understand. The last question I'd like to ask you is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? Good question. I think most principals right now are probably ending school years. They're probably having some of those difficult conversations with parents about promotion or retention or and things like that. And they're probably having difficult conversations with teachers about movements, right? This is when we start moving teachers because of cuts or ads or whatever it may be. And I think the one thing you can do as a principal this week as we start ending the school year is to stop and listen and to be present in the moment. Because like I I shared with you before we started this podcast, my list of meetings that I'm having with these parents, plus there's a mountain of other paperwork that needs to be done, right? We have to finalize evaluations and budgets and CIPs and all that stuff. But all those components can wait because parents need to be heard right now. They need to listen. They need to be they need to feel like I am, their child is the most important kid in my school right now. And so when I'm having those conversations with them about what's going to happen with their child for next year, I need to stop and I need to listen. So I think as a principal to remember as we're ending the school year that those kiddos are our number one clients. They're the reason we're walking to these buildings every day and to their parent, they are their they're the center of their universe. And we need to make sure that they feel that we're taking care of their center of the universe and that we're going to continue to uh, do everything in our power to help them out. And the teachers as well, in that it's going to be okay. I had a teacher uh, email me this morning in the midst of all my meetings. I had about six meetings that I'm going through and I'm having to reschedule some stuff too because parents canceled so on and so forth. And this one teacher emails me and asks me, so do you know where my classroom is going to be next year? Because I want to start packing up. And in my thing, I'm thinking, this is the last thing I have to worry about right now. But for her, it's very important. I emailed her back. I said, I promise you, I have not got into that today, but I promise you, I will look at classroom set assignments by the end of the week. Just give me a little, give me a couple of more days because for her, that is important. And I think that as a principal, We need to take a moment and realize that the requests that are being made of us right now, the questions we're being asked for those people, it is really important. And and we have to recognize that at all times. Yeah, man, really fantastic information. Definitely something for everybody to pay attention to. Helping people feel like they matter is one of the greatest things that we can do. So I appreciate that. Great having you on the program. Thank you so much for being here, Gina. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you for inviting me.